Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Mark. Hello there, faithful listeners, and happy Tuesday, and thank you so much for tuning in to the very first episode of the Book of Mark on the P40 Ministries podcast. This is a very exciting day for me because we are moving out of the Book of Matthew and starting a whole new gospel, which is the Book of Mark. So this is going to be really exciting, but uh, the Book of Mark is actually the shortest of all the gospels, so we might get through it a little bit faster than we did the Book of Matthew. However, it is extremely dense in content because Mark has a tendency, even more so than Matthew, to really jump through things because Matthew does jump through things a lot, but Mark is really, really big about just getting from one point to the next, to the next, to the next. And uh, he talks more about the actions of Jesus and what Jesus did on the earth, more so than what um, more so than what Matthew did, which Matthew was very big on talking about some of the things that Jesus said. So um, a quick history about the book of Mark before we begin. Most scholars believe that the book of Mark was the first of all the Gospels that was written, though some people do argue that Matthew was the first because Matthew, uh, some people believe that because of Matthew's history of being a tax collector and one of Jesus's disciples, he almost wrote everything down as it was happening. He was kind of like the scribe a little bit of the disciples because he had a very good knowledge of um, of, of language at the time and so and writing. So he would have been the best person to write everything down as it was happening. So there's some arguments about whether Mark or Matthew was written first, but most scholars do think that the book of Mark was written first. And they agree that Mark was probably written around A.D. 50. So this would have been only 20 years approximately after Jesus was finished with his ministry that Mark wrote this book. Mark himself, who was also called John Mark, and we will see the name John Mark mentioned kind of all throughout the New Testament here and there. Paul mentions him a few times, and so does Peter, actually, in 1 Peter. So John Mark was a big part of the early church. And uh, he does have some shortcomings we'll talk about later on as well. But he wrote this book, and even though he was not a direct disciple of Jesus, so he was not one of the 12 disciples, but it's very likely that he did see a lot of Jesus's ministry and was around at the time of Jesus and saw many of the things that were going on. In fact, some people believe that Mark even mentions himself in the book of Mark, because there's one verse in Mark that kind of really sticks out, and it's the only time it's mentioned in any of the Gospels, which was where there was a young man following Jesus, and when Jesus was arrested, they also tried to arrest this young man. Now, he was wearing this overcoat, and he slipped out of it because the soldiers grabbed him by the overcoat. He slipped out of it and, in fear, ran away naked, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the only time that verse is mentioned. But because of that peculiar verse that is mentioned in the book of Mark, people actually think that Mark was referring to himself. He was that youthful boy at the time who uh, was following Jesus around in his ministry. And even though he was not a disciple himself, he did see a lot of what was going on and maybe even was one of the, um, the other disciples of Jesus who weren't considered one of the twelve. 
the book of Mark is very fascinating. It's very interesting. But like I said, Mark has a huge, huge way of writing in such a way that where he shows Jesus as a minister, as a servant, as a rabbi who just jumps from thing to thing to thing to thing. (laughs) So the first six chapters of Mark are extremely dense with content about Jesus. And we will look at that and discuss that in, um, in the, the book of Mark. And after the sixth chapter, it kind of takes a switch a little bit. And we'll discuss that once we get to Mark chapter seven as well. So let's go ahead and read Mark one verses one through 13 out of the W.E.B. version. Well, at least that's the version I'm going to be reading out of. But please feel free to read out of your version of the Bible, whatever that might be. So grab that cup of coffee and let's discuss this portion of scripture. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the son of God. As it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Malachi 3 verse 1. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make ready the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Isaiah 40 verse 3. John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching the baptism of repentance for forgiveness of sins. All the country of Judea and all those of Jerusalem went out to see him. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. John was clothed with camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey. He preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the thong of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and loosen. I baptize you in water, but he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. A voice came out of the sky, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Immediately the Spirit drove him out into the wilderness. He was there in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and the angels were serving him. So this kind of starts out exactly the same way Matthew did, except Matthew also mentions the account of Jesus's birth. So it goes back even more, and it also accounts for um, Jesus's genealogy as well. Mark does not do this. He kind of just gets straight into the story. He specifically says, this is the beginning of the good news, the wonderful news of Jesus, the Son of God. So that is how Mark starts out this gospel, is basically saying, this is the beginning of the wonderful story of Jesus, the Messiah. So he's straight away claiming Jesus to be the Messiah, first and foremost. Secondly, he starts talking about some of the prophecy that had happened before in the book of Malachi and also of Isaiah. He mentions how Isaiah said that someone was going to come before the Messiah, which was a person shouting in the wilderness, make way for the Messiah. And Mark is claiming that this was John the Baptist. This was prophesied before, and this prophecy was coming true through John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist was popular right before Jesus was. He was a popular person who did this brand new ceremony called baptism. Now, the people would have understood the concept of baptism, which was being um, renewed, basically, being forgiven and washed with you know, the water to be cleansed of sins, because there was many things in the law that kind of alluded to this. Uh, God was very adamant about bathing and being very clean in the Old Testament law, and it kind of almost symbolized the washing away of sins. So when 
John the Baptist began baptizing people. It was a new concept, kind of. The people at the time would have understood the concept of it, but it would have been kind of a new teaching in a way. So John is kind of saying, you know, be baptized, be cleansed of your sins, do this ritual washing that is is important in uh, Jewish culture. And, you know, think of it as a new way of being cleansed of your sins. So this was kind of a new ritual in a way that John had sort of started doing. Now, because of this, he gained a lot of popularity and he was a very odd person. So when it says here that he wore camel's hair and ate wild honey and locusts, this was odd. This was a very odd thing. And he wore a big old leather belt as well. So he was an interesting, unique kind of wild man that became popular and people would come and listen to him speak and watch the baptisms and be baptized by him because they thought he was just a unique character, kind of, and they wanted to see what he had to say. And he took on the Pharisees here and there and everything like that. And, you know, the people just found it interesting. So he was kind of a celebrity in his own way at the time. So he was publicly baptizing all these people, you know, saying, turn from your sins. Basically, there's somebody coming next who is going to be even greater than I am. He is not going to baptize you with water like I do, but he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit, which is actually what Jesus ends up doing because Jesus does not perform any water baptisms at all during his ministry. He did have John perform them, and I think he did have his disciples as well. Don't quote me on that. Um, but he never performed any water baptisms because he was going to baptize people with the Holy Spirit later on after he became the sacrifice for sins, basically, like we talked about in the book of Matthew. So after this, it says that, you know, he, John the Baptist, uh, his clothes were woven from camel's hair and he wore a leather belt. Locusts and wild honey were his food. So he was a unique character. And I should mention the locusts were a part of the, um, they were, you were allowed to eat locusts in Judean culture. That was okay. Actually, God mentions in the law that locusts were the one bug pretty much that was clean, was safe to eat. So I actually have a little candy store next to me, not next to me, but uh, down the road. It's actually next to my church. And they have these little packets of salt and vinegar crickets. <laughs> And I'm always like, oh, I don't know. I just, they look interesting and I slightly want to try them, but I'm just like, mm, I don't know. It's still a bug and it still has eyes and it just doesn't look very good. But, and, and it's, it's definitely just a full cricket that has been like doused in salt and vinegar. And I'm sure it's just a very crunchy little thing, but I don't know. When I read this, I can't imagine locusts is the first thing people would want to eat. I mean, at least in Western culture, this is very odd to us. So I, maybe it was even odd to the Jewish people back then and locusts were not at the top of their uh, the stuff that they wanted to eat, maybe. I don't know, because it, since both, I think Matthew also mentioned what John ate as well. So since both of them mentioned it, maybe it was a very odd diet that was kind of considered unique to the uh, Jewish people. So I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> kind of mentions what he eats here and some of the stuff he wore. And here's here's what uh, Mark says in verse seven. He says, here is a sample of John the Baptist preaching. He says, someone is coming soon who is far greater than I am, so much greater that I am not even worthy to be a slave. Now, the WEB version mentions he's not worthy to stoop down and untie his sandals pretty much or even carry his sandals. Depending on what version you read, it might say not worthy to be a servant, not worthy to be a slave, not worthy to 
carry his shoes for him or to untie his shoelaces pretty much. So then he says after this that, you know, this person is going to be so great. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. It's going to be so much better than water baptism. And he is the person that you need to be following. He is going to be the Messiah. Now, the one cool thing about John the Baptist was he was a very humble man in a sense because he was not out for his own gain. He was truly only out for Jesus. He wanted Jesus to be famous. He was okay with his disciples leaving him and following Jesus. He didn't have that kind of pride in him. He knew pretty much from birth. It, it actually says that John in the, in the womb, in his mother's wombs, was actually filled with the Spirit and he was just a very set-apart individual. God had set John apart for a very unique purpose. And I personally believe that Mark, I'm sorry, that John the Baptist uh, chose to follow that purpose and to become that person that God wanted him to be. I believe that John the Baptist is one of the few people in the Bible that doesn't really fight with God's will if that makes sense. I mean, I'm sure there are other people as well, but John the Baptist to me just seems like a very humble man that was not in it for his own gain, unlike many other people at this time, like the Pharisees, which we'll talk about in the book of Mark as well. So then Mark here mentions in verse nine that Jesus ends up coming from Nazareth, which was uh, Jesus's hometown, and he met John to be baptized by John. And this is kind of the start of Jesus's ministry, because when John takes him out of the water, the spirit of God descends on Jesus like a dove is what it says. It was in the form of a dove. The spirit came down and John saw it. It's very clear that John did see this. And the spirit descended on Jesus almost as a dove. So I believe this is when God the Father was beginning Jesus's ministry in a sense, because before this, as we'll find out, Jesus didn't do a lot of ministry because his parents were kind of not okay with it. <laughs> so because when Jesus uh, goes into the temple when he's 12 years old, teaching among some of the elders there, the people were like astonished at this 12 year old boy teaching and stuff like that. His parents come back like, what are you doing? Why, why would you do this? How could you do this to us? And so then Jesus ends up leaving the temple and going with his parents because it wasn't the right time for him to begin his ministry yet. So now at this point, I believe this is when God's spirit basically descends on Jesus. And uh, when he's baptized by John, he begins his ministry, the ministry that he was meant to do pretty much. And so it says here that there is a voice from heaven that said, you are my beloved son, you are my delight. And John hears this as well. John sees the dove, he hears the voice, and he realizes for sure, you know, this is Jesus. This is the Messiah. And I don't know if anybody else heard this. I mean, it doesn't mention, but uh, depend. I know John heard this and he heard the words that, every, that God was saying. So it says here that uh, now after this, immediately the Spirit sends Jesus into the desert pretty much. And Jesus fasted there for 40 days alone, except for desert animals, it says in verse 12, and it says he was subject to Satan's temptations to sin. Now, Mark mentions that because he wanted the people to know that Jesus was tempted the same way as everybody else was tempted. The only difference was Jesus was sinless. So even though he was tempted and as a human, he could have he could have given into those temptations and done that. He did not because he was also God's son. So though he was human and could be tempted, he chose not to sin in any way because he was 
also God's son. He had the spirit of God inside of him, and he chose not to give in to those temptations. And we talked about what some of those temptations were in the book of Matthew. So if you want to listen to um, some of the stuff, a lot of this, just to mention, is going to be repeated from what we talked about in the book of Matthew because these stories are very, very similar. They're very much the same. There's only a few things here and there that are a little bit different. So this might be a recap episode for you in a sense, if you remember listening all the way back when I first started these podcast episodes and talked about Matthew, I believe chapter two and three and four, when Jesus was being tempted by Satan in the desert. So if you would like to go back and listen to some of those episodes, please do. You can find them, I think, pretty much anywhere, except for for some reason they're not on Google Podcasts or um Apple Podcast. I don't know why. They only do my recent 100 episodes. So, But if you Google the P40 Ministries podcast or whatever web browser you use, you can find them all over the, the internet. But anyway, so it says that uh, basically afterwards, after that, when Jesus was finished being tempted and his fasting days were over, angels came and ministered to Jesus and they cared for him there. Now, there's a couple things I want to mention before I conclude this episode is firstly, the question, why did Jesus get baptized in the first place? So he got baptized because he was setting an example to everybody else. In fact, Jesus mentions to his disciples in the Great Commission, which we just talked about on Thursday, that he wanted his disciples to go out and not only to teach them the word, but also to baptize them. Now, what kind of an example would Jesus be if he just said, you know, go out and baptize people, but he never got baptized himself. So he was setting an example to everybody across the world how Christians should be. Jesus himself was our greatest example. So when we look to how a Christian is supposed to live, we look at the life of Jesus. We try to emulate Jesus in any way that we possibly can, in every way we we possibly can. Baptism is one of those things. So when we see that Jesus placed importance on baptism, and even though he didn't necessarily need to get baptized, still chose in humility to be baptized, He was setting an example to Christians around the world that they should also get baptized because it's an important thing to do. It's a symbolism of being washed, you know? So that is why Christians get baptized is because Jesus, first off, commanded us to do it. And secondly, placed so much importance on it that he chose to get baptized himself. So this is kind of a call to action and and people have different opinions about baptism. But if you haven't been baptized and um, you haven't made that choice to be baptized, I definitely recommend and give you a call to action to learn more about it and go to your pastor talk to your pastor about baptism and uh, and understand the importance of it and why you should be baptized as a Christian and maybe at that point be baptized yourself. So that is my call to action to anybody who hasn't been baptized that's listening to the podcast. Uh, think about baptism and realize how important it was to Jesus and how if we are going to be Christians, we need to follow Jesus's example. So friends and faithful listeners, thanks for tuning in to Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 13. On Thursday, we will talk more about this chapter a little bit more. I don't think we'll finish it out on Thursday, but 
I'm super excited to continue through the book of Mark with you guys and to talk a little bit more about Jesus's ministry and everything that he did here on earth. So join me then at 6 a.m. But friends and faithful listeners, if you like the podcast, please share it and rate it five stars on whatever platform you are listening on and also write a review if there is an option for that for from wherever you listen. But uh, also make sure to go to my website, www.p40ministries.com. And you can get into contact with me there as well as look at all the resources, the books I sell and the t-shirt shop and everything else that I do on P40 Ministries. But to conclude, happy listening and God bless. <music>